Okay. What is happening? Why uh, are the tabs open? Is our holding music? I don't understand. I mean, yeah. It's like the Jeopardies. The John Chi Jeopardy. <laughs> I didn't even say... Okay, whatever. Yeah, Nathan's does look a little hot so in a couple spots. It's fine. That is insane. Go! It's fine. Yeah, Nathan, the music. Not for the opening, just for the transition. Okay. We don't have the opening theme music. We we it's the, we've always got the opening tag thing. Because it's the eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the... F- Is that the right lyrics? <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed it. All right, go. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your host... Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. I am one of your hosts, Nathan Nowak, along with my co-hosts. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hello, guys. KJ just waved. It's like, so just in case you guys all were uh, interested, yeah, KJ just waved at you. So how are you guys doing? You ready for another episode of our our uh, double digit John Chi show? One oh, last double digit. Our final double digit. Double digit episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I that flowed really well. It was perfect. That did yes. really flow. We know how syllables Patrick, work. It's fine. Patrick, what's John Chi mean? John Chi means to celebrate. And wait, no. Yes. Nope. No. John Chi what are you like an adopt or something? Yeah. <laughs> so John Chi means to feast, and um, that's something that we do here on the show. But we also like to say that it means to celebrate because we are three Korean American adoptees, and what we do on the show is celebrate our shared culture and heritage as each one of those different identities and beyond. And that is what John Chi means, I think. <laughs> Ninety nine nice. episodes in. Still don't know. What's okay. <laughs> Still I'm a little sure fuzzy. There's, <laughs> I mean, being there's, honest. Some, there's some that probably are watching and are listening and don't know how to spell it. I mean, honestly, I, every time I've J-O-N. said it to somebody, <laughs> yeah, I think they, I'm wondering if they think I'm saying like a name, like John Chi, you know, or something like mm. that. But the John Cheese. John Cheese. Oh. For example, my, when I try to do something with, uh, you know, like uh, Amazon Echo or something like that, it doesn't recognize it. So. Are you saying uh, Amazon Echo slash Alexa isn't fluent in Korean? Korean, exactly. And Konglish? Saying, yeah, Amazon Echo is racist. No. I'm Whoa, <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> hot takes I think, by it, I think all it does Drop is establish on. that AI is not at the capacity <laughs> not yet. of sentience. Yeah. So. <laughs> but wow. also what Nathan said, I guess. <laughs> also what Nathan said. <laughs> Jeez. That was <laughs> All right. Great start to this show. Great. It's great kickoff to this episode. Well, so, I mean, what, what do you guys want to chat about? You guys just got back seeing each other uh, along with Jerry in Dallas for a fun little podcasting event. What, what was that all about? Yeah, I have we, no idea what they were here for. I assume they came in to see me. <laughs> oh, yeah. We did go to Dallas, Jerry and I, to see KJ and Sarah. And then as just a little side thing that we did. Uh, like, you we know, we and, need to leave the burbs. We want to see <laughs> the big city. <laughs> right. Yeah. We wanted to go see 
the skyscrapers of Dallas. And so we went to Dallas. <laughs> and while we were in Dallas, admiring the skyscrapers, we were also speaking at a conference called Podcast Movement. So as you could probably guess from guest guess from the title, yes. it is a podcasting conference. <laughs> Mm. A conference about podcasts, um, and we yeah. were Jerry organized Exercising the panel while podcasting. Yes, um, <laughs> Jerry had organized a panel um, of other or of Asian American podcasters, uh, and our panel was called "More Than a Monolith" about Asian American storytelling and podcasting. Very cool. How well attended was it? How what was like the a key takeaway from the moment? I don't know. Like, tell me about the the speaking at the the event yeah um i think it was pretty well attended i honestly there was lights shining from the back to like front light the stage and i they were literally so bright that i could not see the back half of the room so i don't know who all was sitting back there <laughs> okay um, what did it feel like though it felt good it felt like there was a lot of people there and there like were there also, a thousand people there holy cow. yeah i said a lot of people um <laughs> it felt like there were <laughs> tens of people. people it felt like there were tens of <laughs> tens of people there um but they were also live streaming it so um oh. to the many people who were watching it from home um and more 10 more 10 more people <laughs> at, online uh it was i i really liked it because we were i was sitting up there with three other people who were representing or coming from a different perspective of uh, Asian America than I was. Uh, I was talking about it through an adoptee lens, Randy Kim, uh, Southeast Asian and queer uh, host of the bond me Chronicles was there talking about uh, his podcast through those lenses. Uh, Simi Shaw host of South Asian trailblazers was there talking about it uh, from the lens of a South Asian and Misasha Suzuki Graham, who is the host or one of the hosts of Dear White Women. She is biracial, Japanese, and white. And she was there talking about it from that lens. Um, and then Jerry, of course, moderating the panel uh, as the straight Korean dude uh, representing that, <laughs> representing uh, for the straight title. East Asian men. Um, <laughs> As the dear I realize American you say, host, but you're saying straight, like in terms of like a sexual orientation. Oh yeah, but it made me just think of like just like just straight up <laughs> Korean. Yeah, no just straight up Korean. Just straight up dude. <laughs> just a straight up. Dude. He took a DNA test. He's 100. percent Yes, Korean. but no, we uh, had a really good conversation. The biggest takeaway I had was that we really only had like 43 minutes to talk, and so there's five of us on stage, and there's not a lot of time to get mm -hmm. through a lot. But I think that Jerry did a really good job of, you know, getting us to share really our whys for what we do the podcast for, um, for each of us. And then what we would hope that people could take away or from, especially not only from an Asian American standpoint of like, hey, what can I do to like start my own show? But uh, just from maybe like an ally's perspective of like, where do I go and how do I find these different voices? Um yeah, so it was really cool. It was a really great conversation. Afterwards, uh, there was one person in the crowd who came up and was was literally overcome by emotion, just had to hug all of us because she had felt, she was basically feeling seen for the first time. She was biracial, white, and Korean. And it was super powerful to be able to just hear her share a little bit. Um, she was like, you know, I just kind of came here on a whim um, for my own show, which is she like hosts like a true crime podcast. But she, uh, everything yeah, is was not just, okay in Oklahoma. Yeah. 
<laughs> she, I think she was just doing something all about a Denver airport. That's her next episode. Ooh, um, yeah. Got to put that on. Hopefully if I can find that and put that in the show notes. Um, but anyways, I just wanted to say that it was super powerful because it was, it reminded me of those early clubhouse times where we were, yeah. I was connecting with a lot of adoptees who we were all like hearing stories of people coming out of the fog and like starting to come to terms and ask these questions in real time. It was like, she had that moment. Uh, while we were talking on stage and just like listening to the stories and it's just a reminder of like why again why we do what we do is you know to help that one person who was mm-hmm. like i've never felt this before um or felt like i heard my story or seen my reflection before until now so it was really powerful for that to happen yeah that's awesome. amazing thanks the voice is a powerful thing <laughs> well, the voice being, is a powerful thing being oh, seen sorry. and like that that level of representation is really powerful and i i still like wrestle with that personally about like representation i don't know cuz i i don't know maybe it's the being raised by white people in me but like i still kind of like i go back and forth between like celebrating it and then also like wanting more and i don't know where i find my own sensibility in terms of like, do I just have to love everything? Have we gotten to a place now where we're choosy, you know, like that kind of thing. Like I think podcasting is a space and maybe just, I guess broadly Asian America is a space where I'm really excited about any adoptee representation. And I'm, Mm. I am really excited about how even in the Asian American community, we're breaking out and breaking down the monolith idea of what it means to be Asian American. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in my lifetime, like we see the disaggregation of that term um, or for that term to like begin to mean new things politically as we move forward as an, as a nation. Uh, Just because like, I think as we find our voices and as we use platforms like the internet um, and all of the, really all the platforms of the internet to amplify our own voices. And I'm excited to see like what that does for our community and how we can push to be, more accepting, more affirming, more aware of like the diversity within like the continent that is Asia, <laughs> like this massive right. land mass that we all are from, you know, in some way, shape or form. Uh, so yeah, so I'm really excited about that, but it's also exciting just to hear those small stories and the small victories of like feeling seen for the first time. I think that's really wonderful. Well, on top of that too, um, you talked about why well, obviously the title of the talk was more than a monolith, but you talked about that understanding that we actually are more than that and having that conversation. And today, uh, one of my coworkers, they asked me about the conference and what it was about. And I told them the title of the thing and they're like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean to be, what do you mean? Asians is monolith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like had to break it down for them. And it was just, I didn't really think about it in the moment, but when you said that, it just made me think of that as like, those conversations starting to happen even through my mine own body. Um, yeah. I'm saying mine own because I've just watched Game of Thrones. Because you just finished writing right before. the Bible. <laughs> so. No. Mine, yeah. Anyways. But yeah, there's just, yeah. Made me think of that. Yeah, I mean, the terminology out there that, that we, I mean, I joke at the beginning of the show when I talked about, you know, John Chi and, and you know, not really knowing how it's spelled, but a lot of people don't know what the word it even means. I mean, I've, I had a conversation this weekend about it and, you know, I, I find myself always jumping back to the, the dole John Chi because that's like the first time I've ever heard it, even though I know now there's a John Chi soup and, you know, there's, there's other uses of it, but, yeah. um, 
um, but explaining to other, you know, Korean adoptees or other, uh, just, you know, uh, other friends or family, just what the word, you know, John Chi means and, and stuff like that, I think is, I, I, lo- I love that, that we can share the knowledge that we've learned over the last two years, um, to others and just continue to spread that education and, and the terminology. And then of course, learning more terminology and, and, you know, um, ideas and stuff from going to these like podcast conferences and community and talking to people online. Yeah. And I think it, it really requires like our own community to lead those conversations and in terms of breaking down like ideas of monoliths and things like that, like it's just a way that like that idea can then propagate and spread throughout the general public consciousness of America. Right. Like when you think about Asian America being a political identity to aggregate a small community for larger numbers to affect change on a like a grand political scale like that's all well and good but then you have to like be able to like once the general pop like populace i guess gets a hold of what it means to quote unquote be asian american um but like none of the people who suddenly find themselves under that term really know what that means and they're like well i mean i guess that's me but then nobody feels seen by that except maybe like East Asians, maybe, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think what we've seen, as I've read in <laughs> Rise, um, or listened to in Rise, like what we've seen in the past three decades is in pop culture, those conversations are happening. And like these voices are like people from within their own communities are standing up to be recognized and are standing up to claim their spot and say, actually, let me tell you what it's like for me and my people. Or like, well, actually, let me tell you what it's like for me and my people, you know? And like, and you get right. all these diverse stories and the better that we are as a community to listen and to learn the better we're able to represent the community as a whole because we're like you know what i can actually because i think we then necessarily narrow our scope of talking to say you know what i can actually really only speak to the asian american experience of a transracial adoptee Right. You know, and even within that, like I'm kind of in in this type of space or like i can really only speak to what it means to be south asian you know, as an Asian American, or I could say like, I've heard some people mm-hmm. say this, but I'm by no means the expert. Whereas maybe before we might've been more uh, apt or more prone to just use blanket statements, be like, as an Asian American, you're like, well, I mean, we can yeah. add a lot more nuance and we, we have the privilege now of being able to point to stories because no one is gatekeeping us like in terms of the, the internet isn't gatekeeping us from telling our stories necessarily, you know, right. we might have to wait for that special viral moment, but I think we do have a, a real privilege and an opportunity to tell our stories, you know, and even I think um, if it weren't for the past five years, um, then like adoptees wouldn't even have gotten as much of a mention in rise as they do because of like certain things that have happened in Asian American pop culture and broadly in America at large, that like I'm like yeah this is nice like it feels more than like oh also there's adoptees it's like well there's like there actually are some adoptees and I want to highlight that point of diversity when we can um, right. where it's appropriate even while we're telling a broader story which I think is really cool. I think that on on a flip side of it, the only thing that I would have to add is that sometimes I think with this knowledge comes this added pressure uh, within other parts of my social circles outside of Asian America. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Exactly. Well, exactly. And that I think, honestly, now Thanks, that I'm Uncle talking ben. about it out loud, it's almost like the pressure is is kind of that responsibility to make sure that I am sharing and talking about these experiences with that nuance. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know, I feel like it, 
adoptees especially can feel an added weight to be the bearer of all the knowledge um, about mm. cultures that they are only maybe first starting to unpack and understand themselves. And I feel like that can be a, a lot. And I think I'm probably thinking about that because I just wrote about uh, going back to Korea today and about um, when people like ask questions about like, oh, why did you wait so long to go back? Or, oh, don't you know the language yet? Or stuff like, are you going to do a birth search? Like, even though they can be well-intentioned, it's like it puts pressure. I feel pressure mm-hmm. on me to answer in a certain way or to feel a certain way or like I should have done this or that already. And it's just like, that sucks. Would you prefer them just to ask, so what are your plans? What are you going to do? I don't know. Like, would you prefer, prefer them to, to say good for you and then move on? I, yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. And I Not talked about, questions. you know, like I'm obviously I don't think that people or most people are coming to that with bad intentions. I think that, you know, a lot of that is just my own internal whatever telling yeah. me that is traumatizing. But it just it, it still is like I can't help but say that that causes that to happen yeah so i don't know what i would uh want other people to ask just that to be mindful when asking yeah and i guess it comes depends on who's coming from too like you know right. people you know specifically or or yeah um but uh yeah I, I i'm really happy with the you know just the steps that i've taken out here in denver and the community uh that i've noticed i did actually go to a korean adult. <laughs> Sorry, I just felt like I'm really happy with this episode I've taken. Self applause. <laughs> <laughs> the to find a Korean adoptee community out here in Denver because I actually when I moved here from you know from California I didn't think there would be that large of one, and uh, um, you know we did an event uh, this weekend uh, that was actually uh, organized by Midnight and uh, Glenn from you know who we know from Con and from our show and. Well, midnight had Glenn Mori is who he's talking about. Yeah, New listeners so who don't for the know listeners at home who don't know, <laughs> don't know, have you know, back catalog or yes. yeah, go find side by side project. Yeah, plenty of plenty of uh, video content there to browse. Um, but uh, yeah, they organized a little event, and there was fifteen of us, I think, that showed up. And uh, yeah, it was really, I just really enjoy seeing um, adoptees in little pods like this. It's a little picnic little you know little potluck it's just fun i mean it's it's i like that i mean i like the big event like con too but i like these smaller ones as well and i really hope uh you know that the the community continues to grow a little bit here in denver and um but uh, yeah there's always questions always new questions always asking uh something new to each person about the adoption community or just about adoption or about korean culture um you know Going back to your not a monolith thing, this is every time you meet more Korean adoptees, that just hones in on that phrase that we are not a monolith. Mm. Um, Side note, I met Liz from Denver and uh, she asked me to rib you about something. I don't remember what though. So Liz, (laughs) I'm really sorry. I failed you as an adoptee. We're like working together with Adoption Mosaic. Yeah. And she was like, she's, uh, yeah, I was like, what? And then, yeah. And then. Anyways. She did tell me she met you. So yeah. yes. She's she's always uh she's always throwing jabs at me. So I went into this whole spiel she's about like, like oh yeah, I do like the Johnson show, whatever. It's a podcast by a career. And she's like, Yeah, I know. I was like, What? <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, like I'm friends with Nathan. I was like, What? <laughs> I like that you just didn't assume that somebody would know what the show was. Well, you know, I didn't even know that she was an adoptee, because like I mean, her name is Liz Kwan. So I was just like, True. Oh man, and it was just like, oh man, and then yeah. So 
Sorry, Liz. I failed you as a friend and an adoptee and a, a co-host of the show. So off the show. Uh, and, okay. and off the show. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> I'm that's sure you'll remember. End of show. It's okay. Sure. Liz will give me some more jabs. It's fine. Um, but speaking of other people giving me lines, um, we should take a break <laughs> and then jump into a voicemail. Voicemail time. Ooh. Okay, we're back. Um, so I wanted to, we got a voicemail from our, our voicemail box. I don't know how to say our it. voicemail this box. This is the second We received so a voicemail in our inbox. In our, in our inbox of voices. Uh, so yeah, I so we're going to play voices. We received a message in our voicemail. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, whatever. I'm just going to play the voicemail. It's fine. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Sana from Memphis. Wanted to call and leave you a voicemail. Send you a lot of dainty love. Um, I do have a question inspired by your most recent episode, um, which was just KJ and Nathan, depending upon the voicemail. Um, but the question is, what would younger you, maybe middle school you or high school you, what would younger you think of current you? Thanks so much. Love the show. Bye. That's awesome. That's a great question. That's a great it question. Is. I that's really really fun. I'm uh, gonna need to go address my time machine real quick, and I'll be right back. I, <laughs> I definitely thought you were think. about to be like, my know, kid I, is I setting thought, things on fire. I, 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 have to go. I was like, okay, so Nathan's, <laughs> Nathan is gone. That's funny. That's no, a great question. Teenage yeah. from a teenage great person. Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. middle school. I think Love middle school or middle high school, school is such mm. a specific moment in time too. So, um, I mean, I think of the mentality that I was in at that time and I, it definitely was nothing Korean adoptee related. Um, I mean, it was very minorly Asian adoptee, you know, or Asian. Well, just who, who were you as a middle schooler? How would you describe yourself? Not even with the, those things. (laughs) I, I was always concentrated on sports playing, you know. Table, table tennis. tennis, tennis, and skiing. So, I mean, I picked a college based on how close it was to the mountains. <laughs> so, so, I like it. So, uh, but okay. So, interested in sports? Would you say you were more on the jock scale? Is that an appropriate term to use? Jock uh, scale, or yes, just call other it side. Of, side. Um, yeah, I don't know, athletic. but I don't want to say Ath- unathletic, non-athletic, athletic interest. Were you a jabroni? Liberal arts? Are you? A- <laughs> or there you not? go. No. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. If you consider somebody who plays table tennis a jabroni, I don't think so. <laughs> Jabronis live outside of any yeah. type of interest group. There are oh. I know they don't some play specific real sports musicians who are like absolute jabronis and I think are really gross. Even though they're like fantastically talented musicians, I was like, this is a terrible way of being. I don't like this. So that's funny. No, I mean I think if I was looking at myself, I would probably be proud. I think I would be um, in awe a little bit of what I've accomplished, even though it's later in life um, than um, my middle school me might have thought I would have done. I mean, a middle school me thought I was going to get married and have kids a lot sooner. Middle school me, <laughs> middle school me probably would not would not expect all the the physical breakdowns of older age. Of <laughs> like, oh, I can only play a couple sets of tennis now instead of like all day. <laughs> 
Physical um, breakdowns. <laughs> so, wow. You know, I mean, you know, it happens at a certain age. It's just, but you yeah. don't expect that as a kid. So um, I, I think, I think he would be proud though, because I mean, I sit here, you know, still interested in sports, still interested in technology. I got a room full of Lego. I got, you know, so a great family. I'm close to my parents. You know, I, I think they would be fascinated with that. Uh, or he would be fascinated with that. Um, as far as my Korean adoption <laughs> topics, yeah, I think uh, they would be in awe that I had met my biological family. I think mm. that would be a pretty big deal. And uh, I mean, if he saw into the future to see that, that might, you know, convince that uh, middle school me to do it sooner. Was that on your radar when you were that young, meeting your biological family? It was, I would say, partially there, but it wasn't like a goal. It wasn't a, you know, I had the standard, but I have a good family now. Why why ruin it with searching for something that could be positive or negative or, Mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. So I always just felt I was in a good place with it. And, um, but if I could know that I was going to find something and know that, you know, um, that, uh, I had, you know, six siblings waiting to, to, you know, interact with me, then yeah, yeah, I I might've done it sooner. So foresight is 2020 as they say. Yeah, pretty foresight is 120, 20. (laughs) What about you guys? What were you doing in middle school, high school? What was your focus? What did you want to do? It depends on what point of middle school it was. In sixth grade, I was really trying to fit in hardcore um, because it was like I reset my whole school experience, social experience. Um, So not I don't remember sixth grade very fondly. Seventh grade was when I feel like I started to have all the friends that I would have, um, which was nice. And then eighth grade, I felt like I'd come into all of that. Um, I don't know what that I don't know what middle school me would think of me now. I always I always answer this question from a musical standpoint because middle school Patrick would be like, "What the f are you listening to now? Yeah. <laughs> what bands have you seen? You'd be like, what happened to all the ska? Yeah. yeah, what I, happened I, to your I hair? I was listening. I was like, <laughs> I listened to a lot of Pink Floyd in middle school somehow. Uh, um, okay, yeah, Dang. I was. Yeah, Seems I like like old like oldie rock, oldies <laughs> rock kind of. I guess if that's considered oldies, um, but classic. I don't know. I mean, I was not. I mean, I, I, when I think about middle school now, like all I can think about it is just how difficult it was. But I never, but how I never talked about or thought about that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I really look at that time now as being like a really dark period in my life of just trying to like figure it out and not figuring it out um, in any healthy or good way. Uh, but back then, like Nathan, I was very consumed with sports. Like I played basketball and football and I ran track, uh, which I would continue to do in high school. Um, so that took up oh, a lot of my time. You ran and then, like validation track? from oh. girls. Yeah. Like that was a whole thing that took up a lot of my time too, because all I was trying to do was fit in and make everybody like me <laughs> to know that I like so, so I could know that I liked myself because I needed that validation from there. So I think that younger me would be very confused, but I hope in the same way proud that I now this me would be proud that I had gotten to this point, I guess. But I don't think younger me would even be comprehending that I would have to go in this direction. I don't know if that any of that made sense. So I apologize to everybody that just listened to that. It made like 80% sense. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know. I guess I just... 
Yeah, I'm just in this really deep unpacking part of my journey. Of oh, like I've got where a I'm whole unpacking conversation like... that is an off-air conversation <laughs> right? that will eventually probably become an on-air conversation, but I can't for like welfare, not welfare, but like personal, good, healthy wellness reasons. Sure. But off-air, sure, because sure, sure. we're friends, we can get into it. Um, mm. Yeah, so my... I think my middle school self would be ecstatic that my high school self got a girlfriend. <laughs> um, nice. Who is currently sitting over my shoulder. What, what? Um, so I, yeah, the kind of in the same way. I was, like, I was like, I was like, last from the past five. Um, <laughs> I, I was in middle school. I was like, yeah, kind of similarly just like really, I really wanted a, like girls to like me i think i wanted to feel attractive because like middle school is probably when i felt like the most i mean unsurprisingly the most awkward the most unattractive the most like i don't know like a prepubescent giraffe it's <laughs> like what do i do with True. my body what is you know like all this stuff <laughs> um and it was just but i remember i remember um sixth grade not really knowing how to dress myself or any of that stuff. And then I, I went to a, a private school that required uniforms. So it didn't matter as much. And then like in high school, that's like the time that I decided like, you know what, I'm going to like set down my searching for Korean identity. Cause I'd spent like the previous 10 years trying to reconcile being Korean, being really proud of being Korean, kind of all that stuff, but then feeling so awkward around Asian Americans and like, all kind of, yeah. So I, in high school, I decided to just set that down and lean into being a part of my family, being a part of my religion, uh, I guess being a musician. I'm just as angsty now as I was then, so that much, like, in, the, in that sense, nothing has changed. Um, I don't know. I think I think if, if I had the chance to talk to high school KJ, he would be shell-shocked at where I am now um, <laughs> and hopefully curious about the journey that I've been on. Uh, but there's no way that I could have foreseen any of this happening. Um, but I think I I hope that middle school and high school KJ would think that current me is cool. I feel cooler now than I did then. <laughs> I feel like I kind of like I peaked or like started the peak in college and then really peaked in 2018. And then I've just plateaued, might be slowing, slowly declining. But uh, but yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's where I'm at now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, hopefully I, I hope that I deal with humans as gracefully as I, like as previous younger KJ would have hoped that he would still be doing. So even for all of the other things that have changed, uh, I hope that I deal with, yeah, that I'm just as graceful, um, now as I was then. Cause I think back then, even though I was still like learning how to do it. I, that was like always a really important thing was like being authentic and being gracious with people. So yeah, I don't know. Oh, like you, me, you make me feel so old when you talk about going to college just like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, goodness. 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 That, uh, I'm a young boy. I'm the <laughs> young boy. Dong-sang of the show. <laughs> <Dong-sang>. <laughs> um, thank you. Son off for that question. That was Super fun. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, that number is 972-677-8867. Right? Yes. Got mm-hmm, the head nod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. pretty confident, but then I, I roll into it. I'm like, mm, wait, 
That may not be right. It's a good number. Um, that's a great question. I that's like that was a great question. I feel like I did not answer it very well. Well, I don't know. You I don't got f- blindsided by it. I had like a minute <laughs> yeah. to think about it, so maybe that's I should true. have gone first. But it's that's fine. Okay. We'll just redo the past fifteen minutes, and we're not going to cut any of it. So here's the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take I'll, two. I'll go again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for your Instagram. Like, hey, uh, so I did this yeah. thing on the show. I've already talked I'm gonna, about I'm gonna it. I'm going to try again. So. Yeah. Were you as big of a reader, Patrick, in uh, high school? Um, I read a little bit. I was more in high school. That's when I started getting the comic books, like right around my sophomore or junior year. So I was more into that style mm-hmm. of storytelling than like actual books. Um, but then when I got into college, uh, that's when I started to read a lot more mm-hmm. like actual books okay. yeah i used to read a lot and then i got a laptop <laughs> I stopped. like i've read I know, significantly I less books after i got a laptop transition to reading on my phone a ton and mm. i don't know it was just like it was all phone reading even like comic books i transitioned to like reading comic books on my phone super mm. weird but i do that all the time now. <laughs> no, yeah no, i read actually, all the time i read so many yeah, comics. i mean that marvel app's pretty cool oh yeah yeah, I'm but, just plowing through comics. Gonna, yeah, I mean, look I mean, as later. far as technology goes, I think you know, high school me would be like, "What? You guys have pads, little phones on little pieces of paper?" I mean, you guys so have a thing detriment. called the internet. I don't need yeah. these detrimental to, to have yeah. a smartphone <laughs> as a right. high schooler. Oh, I know. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, my growth. Yeah, or detrimental. The, I mean, I can't even imagine the social media <laughs> aspect as a high schooler. I mean, you know, you oh. talk about you talk about gaining acceptance or trying to be, uh, you know, liked by people. Like oh, yeah. liking the social media world, I, I think would drive me crazy. It's like, oh, my, I feel my so bad for. Any I didn't get ten schooler. likes. Yeah, like, oh, Facebook that's be, like, that's, ruined me. Yeah, but, like middle school is such a hard time, and the way like social media is now it's just gotten oh for sure i think it's gotten so much harder specifically for that like middle school age because you still feel awkward but you're not allowed to like be awkward in the same way so it's like right man what a well i remember when facebook first came out and i was okay sir you don't have to flex on your age (laughs) i mean i mean mean, not all of us are old enough to remember but you could only get invited like that's how and then everybody was talking yeah, about it and the then movie, you were the okay? last person who was getting invited which was me mm-hmm. and it sucked <laughs> like it was the worst and then i was like oh yeah anyways <laughs> anyways another time another time then uh food <laughs> food Patrick's <laughs> like get me out of here Sorry, please <laughs> get it out of the awkward all right cool yeah we'll do right. food figure something out food. great Then we're back. Oh, I forgot about the swish foodie, foodie, sound. Foodie time. I literally made the sound and I forgot about the swish sound. My bad. The swish. <laughs> oh, in case anyone's swish. watching, my name, not Jerry Wan. I don't know if that makes it in the video, but I am <laughs> That's not a good question. that guy. My name Anyways, is For the people P. who are listening, you probably won't hear this unless you do hear it. Yes. Great. Welcome to the Food Channel. Hi, <laughs> hey, Kitty thanks. Cat. <laughs> Well, we are back. Uh, today's food that we are eating is a potato chip, I would say, because I don't think it's a cracker, but it kind of looks like a cracker. So it could be a potato cracker. a slim. It's a slim. A slim. It says baked potato at the front. That's what that means on the potato. Um, kamja. 
And then I translated okay. the last one and just said thin and crispy. Yeah, so, okay, cool. Thin and crispy so, potato. Yeah. Made by High Tai. Hey Tay. Hey Tay. Hey Tay. That's right. We As we recently discovered time, we? almost a hundred hey, episodes tay. in. Sorry, Hey Tay. We've been pronouncing your name wrong this entire time. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you stopped spelling your name all cute, we would have gotten oh, I it know. right. I know it's got that eye. It threw me off. But uh yeah, I don't know much other than uh hey, it's got a Facebook page. So easy open. It. Easy open. Easy yeah, access. it does say open right there got in the front. Some, some hashtags, I think, on the box. Yeah, I know. It's got hashtags on the box. Yeah. Right? Where Isn't you that what it is? On the front? Right there in the bottom. Isn't that like the hashtags oh. or something? I did not expect there to be hashtags. multiple packages inside there. I thought it was just going to be one big, long, you know, potato. <laughs> but potato. How many packages? How many packages you, there's four. four? Oh, so okay. if you look very on the nutrition facts, it, it says in very small print. Uh, amount per one pack. Okay, That's how so I do they were packed. Pack. And there's four okay. servings per container. Then I can share them. Good Math! Math is right. a wonderful hey, thing. I like how they they uh, stamp themselves with a little approval on the front that says, excellent product guaranteed. Okay, so side <laughs> note, this is actually has nothing to do with the product fun. and everything to do with Nathan and the logistics of the show. These are mega expired. Like, these expired March 21 of this year. Well, so... No. Where are you seeing that? <laughs> oh, it does say that. March On the side? 22. Well, we should have gotten to them sooner, sir. Yeah, I know. I mean, were they sent Did you send after? us these l- oh, over yeah, a year these, and a half ago? I sent you these a while ago. Yeah. So, well, that's okay. I don't think it'll so be... just a full disclosure. Stale. If we all get sick and die... Rotten. It's a it's cracker. It's because we decided to eat an expired cracker. <laughs> it looks really like a smell. That, that is really not, thin. That's like, it smells like a communion wafer. <laughs> it, it almost looks like one, too. <laughs> it looks like a flat Pringle. It was very All right, you guys try it first, and then I'll think about it. I'll see how it goes with you, and then I'll think about maybe doing it. I'm melting! <laughs> My mouth is burning! It looks like burning. it's dry, like a saltine, but it judging is, by your oh, mouth really sounds... It's actually t- it's got more sugar in it than I expected. Does it? Yeah, it's got a sweetness to it. Yeah. Okay. Picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I can I taste can a little bit of that butter. Yeah, it's got some like. I mean, I don't know, like a like sour cream and oniony taste, kind of. Short. Getting like a bleach hit right at the beginning. Well, after that, it tastes good. <laughs> Maybe mine are the expired ones. I'm worried on the ingredients where it says mixed edible oil. Like, is there a not edible oil that's in there, too? <laughs> yes, the oil that you put in cars. <laughs> okay, great. That's the bleach I think I'm tasting. That's the bleach. That's the bleach. <laughs> Patrick is not impressed. No, not it's after, after that initial taste, it's good. <laughs> like, I'm going to okay. eat all these, for sure. Yeah. but <laughs> I mean, it's good. So, here's my... My closest correlation, I guess, that I feel like it's similar to, a very thin town club cracker. Mm. You know, the little oval. Yeah, the oval ones. Those are thicker, but these are like kind of thinner versions of that. I'm telling you, there's something at the top of it that's not great, but then the rest of it is fine. I know what you're saying. 
I don't know. I like pretty immediately move through. Are you also only eating one at a time? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I'm eating like three or four at a time. So maybe that's too many. Helpful. Yeah. It's not like a saltine challenge. I'm not going to like, it's not like hard to get down. But no. It's not that. Moisture it's crispier and like more solid than a saltine. Oh, shoot. I just thought about what, uh, what the. <sighs> nope, <laughs> it's gone. I just thought about like what the American snack equivalent is, but I lost it. RIP my brain. I, I was going with Town Grinder. But... <laughs> no, no, it's not a Ritz. Definitely not a Ritz. No. Yeah, I just uh, had some Ritz today. Not yeah. the same. No. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking, it's the 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 oval ones that you get with salads. You know what's the what's the cracker that you dip into like a cheese? Maybe the that's Duncan really specific sticks? to my family. No, <laughs> not not Dunkaroos. Not Dunkaroos. It's like a rectangle. You can dip it into a cheese. Wheat thins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wheat it thins. No. Like that. no, no, it's weedier no. than these. Disagree. It tastes. Yeah. It tastes like that to me. Okay. My co-hosts vehemently disagree, but I think no. I'm right. Town club. I can agree no, that no, 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 it tastes no. like that to you. <laughs> I can agree. I mean, that. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you agree that my opinion is valid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You Hot can think it tastes like whatever show. you want. Uh, all right. All right ratings. What do you guys think? <laughs> KJ, since you think it tastes like a wheat thin, what what do you think? How many, Maybe not a wheat how many slim mean. slim thins do you give it? Um, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna go straight down the I middle. I'm gonna give it three point two five. <laughs> down the uh, middle. <laughs> no, we've established yeah, our math is so good. Give or take, straight give or take point five. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I, it's for being a hella expired product. It's still really enjoyable. Uh, so I think if I had if I had caught it in the prime of its shelf life, it would have been <laughs> quite delicious. Uh, so yeah, so that's why I'm giving it 3.25 because you know, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe it's expired, maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> maybe I think it's, it's pretty, Maybelline. I think it's a decent <laughs> product. I'm not going to eat more than the one package that I opened, but uh, yeah, it's good. So, three, three and a quarter. Well, if I don't die, I'll give it to my kids. So. Wow, <laughs> great, all right, more hot takes from mm. Nathan's hot take episode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's good. I, I give it three point seven five. Wow, a little bit better. A little bit I, better. A little bit better, but it's not like I don't know. There's it's you know definitely not coast meat cracker. Um, oh, man. No. nothing is. Yeah, it, like, I would I said, argue I, that I think coast meat crackers are coast meat crackers. I think it's good, uh, but it's not quite a four. Debatable. So <clears throat> what? Oh my! Those are so Actually, good. wait. There um, is a competitor to coast meat crackers. Th- there is, and we had it, and I um. It's slipping my mind of what the brand yeah. was, but we had it. Well, Cracker was also good. Yeah, go back into, into the. It was no Kosumi Cracker though. No, Kosumi right, is still the best. All right, I'm gonna give it a three. Um, that initial taste just yeah, is what's holding it back. Flavor. But the rest of the the rest of the the Cracker or the Slim Thin uh, is very good. <laughs> Not to be confused with Slim Jim. I do think that it would. <laughs> You're welcome. Just, I do think I just, that. Alley ooped myself for that too. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I do think my rating could be amended at were I to try an in 
expiration <laughs> or pre-expired snack. So Peak I'm going to reserve this is three with an asterisk. So um, I'll leave it at that. All right. Uh, well, Nathan is playing with his food because he's on camera. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's not bad. Not a bad snack. So if not a bad snack. If you're desiring a crispy, crunchy potato peanut based buttery. snack, I don't think it's peanut buttery. You can go um, yourself a it's buttery, but it's, it's not potatoey, which is actually funny. It does say potato, but guess what? Potato is not the first ingredient. It's wheat. What's the first ingredient? Wheat and then sugar. Wheat then. Boom! Called it. I was right. I freaking crushed it. Get out of here. All right. Well, you can find us anywhere on the social medias. Hard left. Just kidding. All right. That's fine. That's the show, everybody. Thank you. There's a ramp up. We're at. That's good. That would be hilarious if we did just end the episode right there. (laughs) We just. It's fine. That's fine. Um, Yes. What were we doing? You were saying where people can find us. Yeah, where can they tell find me you? that I was valid in my opinion. I did already validate it, and then you came and gave us two hard flexes and then right I- there at the end <laughs> because of the ingredients list. As the master of the soundboard, <laughs> it's fine. Um, okay, well, you can find us on social media, on any of the social medias, I think, or most of the social medias. I'm not, not sure. Not on TikTok at- yet. Not on TikTok not on WhatsApp. yet. Not on WhatsApp. I don't think WhatsApp. we're on Snapchat. Not on Snapchat. All right. All any right. of the ones that any, are not those. We're not a, we're not a Gen Ch- Z platform. All right. <laughs> yeah. Go on to social media. Go on to any social media app. Type in at John Chi Show. And if we come up, we're there. If we don't come up, we are not we're there. We're not yet. there. <laughs> we might be. No, we're just at John Chi Show. We dropped the the. It's cleaner that way. Yeah. It's cleaner that way. And if we're not there yet, just wait longer. We may be there. <laughs> just wait longer. Um, just keep hitting yeah, that refresh button. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna join them right when they start going out of style. <laughs> if you want to send us messages again, you can leave us a voicemail at 972-677-8867. You can also send us messages via the written word at John Chisho at justlikemedia.com. I guess it's just a two ju- emails. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just, <laughs> just like, John yeah. Chisho oh gosh, at justlikemedia.com. So right now. <laughs> um, you can also go to johnchisho.com slash support to find out a number of way- different ways to support the show. Um, I think you can go to johnchisho.com slash store to buy merch stuff. Apparently, oh, Patrick was going to make us. a new T-shirt. when well, we still I haven't have seen it yet. It. That was maybe was, episode I, thirty that I saw. I, I actually do, yeah. do have a request. If there are any artists out there, I would like to collab on a potential new John Chi Show shirt. Hit mm-hmm. me up in my personal DMs because I don't want my other hosts to know about it yet. All right. Uh, All right, I'm making my own. So where is your personal DM? Yeah, I was gonna say my personal DMs are at KJ Relke wherever I want to be found. Everyone's gonna make their own shirt. Purpose of this this particular art project on Instagram, but Mm. generally, if you can find me at KJ Relke, I'm there. So fine, I'm making a food shirt. (laughs) We should all make our own shirts. Anyways, where can they find you? Your DMs, Nathan. DM me at nnowak on Instagram, or you can just chat up with me on facebook because i am always there <laughs> he is always there he is never not active or, on facebook wait um, side note nathan do you sign any facebook messages with your name a message yeah like if you send someone a, a message on messenger do you sign it with your name 
No. Like okay, re- cool. warm because regards, it says my common, name Nathan. on the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, yeah. all right, all right. I just wow. need to know. I, I need to know I, who I you knew that was person. a little bit ageist. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was That's like, fair. what are you implying? <laughs> I needed to know who he was as a person. I don't know how to use technologies. Look, man, he was like, I feel so old when you talk about college being only 10 years ago. I'm like, hey, if we're going there, we're going there, sir. All right, you you went there. You went there. Just, uh, <laughs> fine. Um, uh, it'll be out of my system by episode 100. <laughs> That's true. One episode away. You can find me on the Instagrams at Patrick in the World. You can also find me at LinkedIn, also at Patrick in the World, if you want to find me there as well. Then the, the Asian, Asian Patrick Armstrong. Um, <laughs> but, fellas, we did it. 99 episodes, our last double digiter. Next time I see you, it'll be for episode 100. Very excited for that. Even though I sound like I'm not excited, I am very excited. <laughs> um, also, other side note, I remember when we first started, maybe this is for next episode, but I'm sure we're going to have a next episode. So I remember when we first started, <laughs> um, we, Jerry told us, you should name your episodes with three digits for when you hit the hundreds. Oh, and yeah. it was like, Psh, we'll never hit the hundreds. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's such hopeful dreaming. And here we are. Look at me now, middle school KJ, crushing it. A podcaster. Yeah. You don't even know a podcast. Maybe, maybe we should have had four digits, huh? It's funny because I always was wondering. I don't no. remember him saying that, and I always wondered why we did this. I do. I remember him specifically saying that, but yeah. I was like, it looks cool. I like it. It looks it was, cool. It was doable. Four digits, I don't think. All so. right, cool. Well, Four I'm excited digits. to take over that odometer. Uh, always a fun time in a young boy's life, in a young podcasting boy's life, to take over that odometer. So until next week, when we come back to cross the century mark, John G. Heyo! <laughs> it's really hard to try to time that out. Yeah, that Not came up super fast. <laughs>